This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 376 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and EcoVet. Today we're talking about day one and two of the Olympics. Dolly Hannon talks to us about third and fourth level freestyles, and we're going to tackle a listener question for the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rocket, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, 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 Phil. How are you? I'm doing good. It's just the two of us this week. I know. Glenn was on earlier. He says hi to everybody. He uh, said he's, he's crazy board. busy today, <laughs> and they're having issues with servers, oh. and I don't know. Oh, <laughs> All kinds I of technical know. issues. I know. I actually, I felt bad, and I was like, "Thanks for recording. We'll talk to you later." <laughs> but uh, how how are things going? Well, basically, the last couple of days, it's been extremely hot, so I've just been watching the Olympics. You know what? I, we've been trying to work, but I probably honestly should have just hung it up and come inside to watch the <laughs> Olympics. Because, oh, man. I, I, yeah, today was maybe a little cooler, but yesterday, I think, was maybe the hottest day of the summer, and, oh, it was just, it, honestly, it was miserable. The horses were cranky. I was cranky. Uh, my my assistant, who's never cranky, was cranky. I mean, it just was, oh, everything was it's sweaty. Time for a break. Was, exactly. Yeah. So we we finished early today, and, uh, and we did watch the Olympics today. The dressage was on NBC, and I was like, I am getting our rating points in, and, and I came in and watched it. And maybe maybe had a skinny margarita. I mean, maybe. But it was <laughs> delicious. Good for you. And, uh, we, we just did. We had a little watch party here at the barn, and, uh, you know, finished early, and the horses literally i don't think any horse is moving at all <laughs> it's so hot yeah. so, humid. Uh, just the humidity has gone yeah. through the roof yeah. yeah it's just not not pleasant so well without further ado phil what uh, you've i think you've watched more than i have i i didn't watch much yesterday and much during the day today but i got to see the nbc coverage or well coverage. unfortunately for us yesterday i i thought that cbc was going to cover it and then um they didn't, so there was sort of a mad scramble mm. to get it on the TV, and I had to, you know, stream it from some weird source. And I watched, was watching some of the BBC coverage, so I didn't get to see that many rides yesterday. I think I got to see all of the ones that I wanted to mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. and then uh, another whole. I was working today, obviously, and uh, and saw a whole bunch. But um, our riders, Harry. I'm yeah. so proud. I mean, Casey Perry, I mean, really all, I mean, I, I, I shout out to the Americans because <laughs> really, really quite good. Of course, and actually, the USA, right? USA, man. I I mean, I'll, actually, I, this may be the first Olympics that it's happened that everybody was over 70%. Um, so I'm just, I've got the list, but Allison Brock qualified for the special 70, 72.686. Uh, then we had Casey Perry and 75.229, which is great. I mean, these are all fantastic scores. Stefan Peters right now is sixth uh, with Legolas, and he's 77.61. 
and Laura Graves. I mean, both of those guys today really nailed it for the U.S. Uh, Seventy-eight point zero seven one. And yeah, really, really came ooh, through. Yeah. Really came through. And U.S. right now is sitting not far ahead of the Netherlands, but um, you know, oh, right that now bronze medal spot. Okay, yeah, right in the bronze medal spot. So you've got Germany at eighty-one point two nine five. I mean, that's unbelievable as um, well. If we want to talk about the Germans getting all their oh. riders, all three of their qualified scores above eighty percent. I mean, that's that's um, never that's never happened. So Christina Sprayer. Springer had 82.257. Uh, Dorothy Schneider, 80.986. And Isabel Vert, 80.643. And um, they said on NBC, so I don't want to, you know, I'm, I, I hope they check their facts. But Isabel Vert, if she gets a team medal tomorrow, will tie Anki van Grumsven for the most medals of a dressage rider. And then that's, if she gets good. an individual medal, which right now she's sitting fourth, she will become the all-time leader. And I love Isabel Verde. Uh, she's just lovely. I've, I've met her in person a couple of times, and she's just a really, really, really neat person. Uh, so she's a lawyer. She's a mom. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I watched all, all the um, German riders go, and they, I mean, they've really brought out some super awesome horses and um isabel had actually a couple of mistakes which is not really like her Mm-mm. um you know just bobbles you know like out of the passage to the walk she had to do that transition a couple of times because the horse wasn't really on the edge i mean this is not a super experienced no she's only in, had got her this year right she's not had yeah her well she took over the ride from one of her professional riders in her barn and um but it's just a it's just a lovely horse, and okay. Isabel rides it amazing, like she rides every horse. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, you know, for my favorite horse of the competition so far is this uh, Showtime horse with Dor- oh. Doris Schneider. Unbelievable! Uh, I had heard that she had been doing like getting tens in her passage, and uh-huh. yep, it, it's unbelievable. It, yeah. it's, it's such ten. a beautiful passage. I I haven't seen a horse, you know, do that even even better than Totalist, I think. Anyways. I um, think it's more regular when you watch it. It's, it's super regular, regular, yeah. The rhythm, the rhythm is just stunning, and you're like, oh, I want to ride like her when I grow up. Let's and just real. the airtime and the and mm-hmm. just the suppleness of the horse's joints, and I mean that Showtime horse is amazing. Yeah, and I, I, uh, and then Zonica Rothenberger with Cosmo, yeah, um, which is sort of the fourth rider for the Germans. I mean, this is a nine-year-old horse and a twenty-two-year-old guy or twenty-three-year-old guy. Yes. It's unbelievable. Like you just rode it so well, and I mean, I think their biggest problem there with that ride is that the Cosmo, because he's so young, he has to travel in his PF, so he doesn't get those double coefficient scores. Sure. You know, sure. he doesn't really get on the spot. But I mean, in a year or two, that's uh-huh. gonna that's gonna be a, a really wonderful combination. And with like the pirouettes of that horse, I mean, you could just see the ability for the horse to collect and sit. I think they're just uh, careful about them, and which is really sort of uh, nice to see. And and mm-hmm. everything else rode just. I mean, the passage is beautiful. Everything else just rode really beautifully. I, I think sort of all the horses, you know, in the top this year really showed nice harmony. I I, yes. I don't think I saw a lot of the you know sort of the um, the teeth grinding sort of tail swishing Angry. stuff. That, no, I mean those horses did not make really didn't make the the cut. I mean, they really just didn't. And, you know, to get into, it looks like 
to get into the special, you needed a 71.5%. The only person, and this is actually American Red Horse, was uh, Anders Dahl from Denmark with uh, Selton HW. That horse was but was actually bred in the United States. He somehow got in with the 69, and that's probably got to do with the teams and the places. It's the team, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter your score. If your team sort of qualified for the top... You get in. Um, in the top six, Denmark but just he, made it with six. So all the, really all the riders for Denmark will be riding in the in the special, and all the riders... But he had not in. a slouchy 69.90. Like, yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, that's Super high, high marks, and... Uh, I got I to gotta ask you if you saw um, Charlotte uh, ride today. Well, everybody knows I totally have a crush on Charlotte because she's awesome. But uh, yeah, I did. I did 85.071. Um, and actually, it wasn't 100% clean. Like, he had a yeah, couple what did of you, little bobbles. What did you think of the PFs? I felt like there was, you know, he traveled and every once in a while he was slightly irregular. If you were yeah. going to get really picky I'm, at it <laughs> yeah you know? i think I, saw, I mean we saw him live in um las vegas and mm-hmm. that was not the case with, with i mean he had no spectacular pfs there and and, he, and in previous in the previous games and different competitions i just thought he was just a little irregular there yeah, so yeah, just a touch and then like little things like when he went to his halt um at G, he kind of halted a little early, like three steps early, and she had to really kind of kick him on, you know, to get to. Yeah, G. yeah, that too. You know, right at the end like, of the test. Oh, she just ended like that. You're like, oh no, 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 no. Get away from <laughs> um, he, well, I mean, he knows that Grand Prix test pretty well, doesn't he? <laughs> He's like, I know I'll here, so let me just stop. So that was a little bit. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Um, I it wasn't. I've seen him actually look a little bit better. I think he got some blueberry points, which that's absolutely fine. I think he deserves some <laughs> Allegro blueberry points. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I thought he, I actually thought he looked better in Vegas myself, which was a year ago. Um, I mean, just yeah, a touch better. I think his score was a little better in Vegas, anyways. So was it better uh, in Vegas? Yeah, I think it was pretty close to eight six. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Well, I, and no, again, no. Uh, we should talk about Parseval, who yes. had tired oh during God. the Oh, I didn't. I just saw her Facebook post. Somehow it got came up, and so uh, it sounds like Parseval got sick or got bitten by something. Yeah, and his I face. Just... His face was all swollen up. If face. you watched it, but oh. not. Yeah, and then I was watching him in the test, and I'm just like, "This is not the Parseval that." No, you know, I, he wasn't all used to, and you know, and gets the scores. And then um, in the halt, I think he got his tongue out the side of his mouth. Oh, he just was unhappy. Like, a little bit after, and then he and yeah. then his tongue was sort of hanging out through the extended and trot and the PF massage, and then she just she just yeah. So her said, thanks her, very much, but it's, it it wasn't going yeah, well anyway. It wasn't going well, and her Facebook post was basically, uh, you know, he was he was quite sick. He spiked a fever. You know, they took him to the clinic. She was up all night with him. They rode him in the morning. His fever went down a little bit to the normal range. They went ahead and decided uh, to ride him. But his face was huge. Like, the right side of his face, his cheek, like, he got bitten by something or had some sort of allergy. And then, you know, they they consulted with all the vets and all the team trainers. And they all decided, you know, they saw him ride. And they, oh, God, I can only imagine what she was going through. And then, you know, then they decided to go ahead and ride him. But well, I guess the, the the Dutch didn't bring a um, a reserve rider. 
which makes no sense to me. I can't believe. I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure the cost is astronomical and nobody wants to be a reserve rider. Shout out to the U.S. reserve rider, Shelly Francis. I mean, she had to travel. When you're the reserve rider, you don't march in their opening ceremonies. Like, ugh, nobody wants to be the reserve. You know, that's not what you yeah. want to do. And you don't want to. Yeah, wish. I mean, and and then all the talks about you know sort of you, you know where it is and taking the horse yeah. from from Europe to, to all the way down Brazil to South Africa. I mean, that's Brazil. a lot of traveling. On yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. very unfortunate yeah. for Adelinda. That's oh, that's really God, terrible. I, I literally, as a horse person, we all have to feel bad for her because you know we've all had that horse show where you're like, oh, should I ride? If I don't ride, I don't qualify, or it's a qualifier, or it's the national championships, or whatever. But you know, she, she literally said in her Facebook, you know, I just, it wasn't right. And I retired and, you know, shout out to her. And she had that happen here at the world championships and, oh gosh, I just, I feel, I feel for her. Like, I don't know her, but I feel for her. I just kind of want to give her a group hug. Like, oh, and that's, yeah, I mean, it's too bad. I think she sort of wanted to, you know, to retire Parseval on a high note. Sure. You yeah. Know, he was doing really well at the, you know, at the Dutch championships. He had yes. a big score there and, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. This sport it's is heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It, it, you know, and, and we all have been there. You know, every, anyone who's a horse person has been there. And, and I just reminds me, I, I heard a talk once, um, from, uh, Jane Savoy, who was the U S alternate. And she does a lot of talking and speaking, motivational speaking. And the one thing she said, and, and I do use this, uh, as I go around the ring every time. And she said, you know, just be very grateful when you go around the ring, because there's so many times that you don't make it or something happens or, you know, you've got two athletes, not just one, which is what makes this sport so hard. And so I do every time I, I go around the ring, I just have a quick second in my head of, you know, I'm super grateful to be here and for everybody that has made this happen. Yeah. So just, just going down the center line is a huge victory for huge all, victory. all these horses in the, you know, in the Olympics yeah. this year. Well, and those so, guys have to travel and get on planes and, oh, yeah. I mean, horses can slip in a second. So uh, I, I do feel for her and, and, and we'll shout out to her for sure for being a good horsewoman and, and withdrawing and, you know, yeah. And you know, sort of recognizing that it's not going, you know, it's not right. And it, it's, you know, little embarrassment to save the horse. I think. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I think we all could, could, uh, we've all been there and, and, and definitely go there. But so, uh, Phil, what happens tomorrow's the special, right? And, and we're recording Thursday evening. So literally the Grand Prix just finished, uh, tomorrow's the special, right? That's what they go to tomorrow. I have no, I was trying to figure out how this whole thing is going to work, <laughs> you know, as individuals who get to go forward and, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I, I think tomorrow, the horses that qualified, which is the top, top it looks like 30. 31. It's top 30. Yeah, it's it's 30. all the teams. And then I think eight or nine individuals, which I have to give out to a shout out to our Canadian riders. Yes, please do. No chance to do that yet. But uh, Belinda Trussell with her horse, Anton, we've talked a lot about them. They've had a super winter season in Florida, came up here in Canada, and it's just been on a high for them. They have qualified to go through to the special um, with a 72.2, which is a pretty good score. She's scored a little higher, you know, here in Florida and at home, but it's yeah. a very respectable score and she's moving forward. So um, good luck to Belinda and also Megan Lane and her horse Caravella. I mean, we've had her, oh, on, uh, so had her on the show this year mm. and uh, they had a really, really good test and a really good go yesterday and scored a 71.2. Eight six, and we're just 
two placings out of uh, being able yes, to, to go. So close. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to her. I think she Absolutely. was very pleased with her ride and the the mare who can be a little hot and a little spooky. They did an, uh, just an awesome job, just an amazing job, and, and made Canada proud. So uh, congratulations. Right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with our second segment with Dolly Hannon. Uh, she's a S judge, and she is the chair of the USDF Freestyle Committee. She was on last week, and uh, we are talking about um, the third and fourth level freestyles this week. So I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if your horse could enjoy a zone of repellency from pesky flies? Well, he can, with EcoVet. EcoVet is an entirely new type of fly repellent that is safe for horses and those applying it, offering a real alternative to toxic pesticides like pyrethrins. EcoVet confuses an insect's normal directional ability, the bug's GPS, if you will. So if it can't locate your horse, it can't bite your horse. Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show has been using it in South Florida, also known as the Jurassic Park of biting insects, and she just loves it. EcoVet's active ingredients are naturally occurring food-grade fatty acids that have been clinically shown to improve the condition of horses with difficult-to-treat sweet itch problems. EcoVet is effective on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, as well as flies. You can visit EcoVet online at eco-vet.com for more information or to order. You can find EcoVet at Dover Saddlery Stores and EcoVets on Facebook. Just search EcoVet, E-C-O-V-E-T. Well, I am so excited, uh, Phil and I, to have Janet L. Hannon or Dolly Hannon. She is back. She was on the show a couple weeks ago talking about uh, lower-level freestyle. She's the chair of the USDF Freestyle Committee, a certified instructor and active in Western dressage committees. Dolly, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Well, Glad to be back. We loved your first segment, and this the through the levels with the judges uh, have been so successful. And in your last segment, we went over training first and second level. Uh, so if everybody wants to review uh, that as well, but we're going to tackle third and fourth level freestyles today. So Dolly, kind of take it away. Okay. Well, um, in talking about the third level freestyle, it's the first time that the Flying changes are included, and it's the first time that um, half passes are included. It's also the first time that extended walk, trot, and canter are included. So, again, we talked in the first time in the first segment about being very familiar with the score sheets. You want to read them over carefully. You also want to be sure and utilize the information available online through usdf.org. The freestyle rules, guidelines, and definitions have a lot of information there to help you. So if you're going to do it yourself or, or not, I highly recommend that other than the USEF rules, you familiarize yourself with the USDF uh, wealth of information that's on their website. All right, so third level, you must include a minimum of 20 meters of continuous medium walk and a minimum of 20 meters continuous extended walk you must show shoulder in in the trot, both left and right. Again, we highly recommend you show at least 14 meters so that the judge can see. And something I didn't mention in the second level segment that I'm going to mention now, 
is that competitors need to be aware that if you're just choreographing your freestyle for the judge to see, when you ride shoulder in away from the judge, you must show a little bit more angle than coming towards the judge. The opposite is true of Travere and or Ron Bear. So just keep in mind what the judge sees, because if you adjust your angle a little bit, you'll be rewarded with a better score. You must show trot half pass, both left and right, at least one extended trot, which must be on a straight line. That cannot be on a curved line or a circle. You can show medium trot on a curved line or a circle, but not uh, not extended trot. So if you only showed a medium on a circle, the judge would assume that was supposed to be your extended trot. So you've got to kind of think about the way the judge looks at your freestyle and choreography. You must show canter half pass both left and right, a flying change each direction. And when judging these, sometimes um, competitors put a lot of flying changes in there and the score boxes are really small. So it gets a little hard to fit them in. Um, I did see at least three of the young riders this past weekend doing five or six tempies, which is allowed. But there was one that was probably trying to do five or six tempies, which means a flying change every five or six strides. However, they, um, their horse performed fours mixed with three tempies. So they got a deduction, I'm sure, because that's clearly not allowed for a FEI junior freestyle, which is the equivalent of third level. There's a few exceptions there. But anyway, so... There were so many flying changes, I, I was wondering how the judges could possibly fit them in, but I'm sure that they, they were all very experienced. They didn't have a problem. One extended canter, um, the halts in the beginning and the end of the test are scored, and then again on the, on the technical side, we have a few technical collective marks at the bottom. And um, at third level, there are some additionally allowed. You are allowed to do a half pirouette in the walk, and it says half pirouette, so that means no more than 180 degrees. You're allowed to do a half pass zigzag in trot. The zigzag is more than two half passes. We call two half passes back-to-back a counter change of hand. A zigzag is three or more. Uh, you're allowed to include trot and canter circle 10 meters or larger, canter to halt, and again, counter change of hand, that's a half pass movement in canter, only one change of direction. So at third level, you're not allowed to do a half pass zigzag in the canter. So you want to really look this over and make sure you're clear. Again, if the horse does flying change as well, I think including, you know, some or several is fine. What I see quite a few people do is they keep highlighting the flying changes when the flying changes are not yet confirmed. So they'll get a seven one direction and a four or a three the other direction, and that's averaged together. So keep that in mind. If your horse's flying changes are not yet completely confirmed, you may not want to highlight the flying changes in your third-level freestyle. And let's see, I think... I think that's it in terms of what's clearly allowed. It's clear that now with the change in the test in the 2015 test cycle, you are not allowed to include anything at a higher level unless it's noted 
under additionally allowed at the bottom of the test. As we go on to fourth level, again, 20 meters of continuous. Now it's collected walk. This is the first time collected walk is seen at fourth level. And 20 meters of continuous extended walk. Again, if your horse's walk is not the highlight in terms of the quality of gates, you, you don't you can think a little bit about where you place it. I mean, if it's too hidden, the judge is going to know what you're doing. But still, you don't necessarily have to uh, put it right down at sea or right in front of the judge if there's some rhythm issues with your horse's walk. You must show shoulder in at trot, both left and right. Again, minimum, in our opinion, uh, 14 meters. This is in the rules, guidelines, and definitions. Not listed on the test. It will probably be listed in our next cycle of tests, which we're already working on. Um, you must include a trot half-pass, both left and right, an extended trot, at least one, canter half-pass, both left and right, flying changes of lead, every fourth stride, a minimum of three. You can do more than three. You just have to be sure, again, that you can do them well. Um, Canter working half pirouette, both left and right. And the working half pirouette is larger than the pre-St. George pirouette. It still could potentially get an 8, 9, or a 10 and be approximately 3 meters large. Um, that's what we talk about in terms of figuring out the size. The idea is that the horse clearly sits and carries the weight behind. This is the first time we've seen this in our freestyles. Extended canter, at least one. Again, the halts at the beginning and the end of the test are scored. Under additionally allowed movements, you may include flying changes every third stride, and a canter half pirouette is permitted. So you can show the pre-St. George pirouette, which is smaller than a working pirouette. You just have to make sure you can do it well. If not, it doesn't really pay to include it, and sometimes I'll see people try, and they end up with a low score because their horse isn't strong enough yet. The reason the tests were rewritten to include working pirouettes is to let the horse develop and get strong enough that they can do a correct pirouette without struggling. You're also allowed to um, include trot and canter circles eight meters or larger. And you may do a zigzag, which is three or more um, changes of direction and half pass, both in trot and canter. So if you really look these over, it's pretty clear what you have to include. And if you familiarize yourself with the tests uh, and you're writing them, you had to get that qualifying score, so obviously you're writing them, you can, you can start to figure out how you could make the patterns more interesting. How do you change the you know, order or the placement. I see many people using the quarter lines and using the center lines. That raises a degree of difficulty. If you do a shoulder in on the center line, you're completely exposed. You're saying to the judge, okay, here you go. My horse can, my horse can do this easily. Absolutely. And, um, and I think the other thing that is important at this level is to have somebody take a look at this, at your test because there may be something that you missed that you either didn't do enough or you did too much of it, or I think it's just important once you sort of get up in the third and fourth range is, you know, have your trainer or have a friend that's ridden it before, just take a look at it. 
um, because you want to make sure you have enough walk. You want to make sure that you don't go over the requirements um, because you'll get el- <laughs> you'll get eliminated. So do yourself a favor and um, you right. know, write it or have someone take a look at it. Um, right. Well, you won't get eliminated for these lower level freestyles, uh, okay. but you'll get a deduction, and you'll okay. also. If it's clearly, I'll say one thing that happens, um, someone will get nervous or the horse is nervous, there's a problem. They, as we're talking fourth level now, they thought they did their canter pirouette both left and right, but they didn't. The horse spooked or something happened and they got confused and they ended up doing two the same direction. Mm-hmm. And in that case, if it's very clear, and that's why it's so great when we have panels with judges because we can talk about it, then if that potentially happened, you get scored for the one that was correct, but then you get a zero for the one you omitted. So you, it's very important that um, in terms of thinking about your freestyle that you can make adjustments. You can tell people that are experienced because, for example, let's say they're doing a fourth-level freestyle and they've got a line of four tempi changes and they make a mistake. Well, they've put a little uh, clause in their choreography that if there was a problem with their tempies or a specific movement, tempies are a good one to pick, pick for this, that there's another place to put another line. Because then they can make up for that. And maybe, yeah, they got a five or a four on the first line, but maybe they get a seven on the second line, and then those scores are average. So it's important to, to really think about your choreography and what you might need to repeat and what you don't need to repeat over and over again that, to where it becomes repetitive. But also, if it's not a highlight, why would you feature it? So you just want to think about it. You know? And you, as I said, there's no minimum time for any of these lower-level freestyles. So you don't want it to look rushed, but you also don't want to look as though you're circling, circling, circling to take up time or to just, you know, be interesting. So uh, additional movements, sometimes they're more interesting, but sometimes they're not. So you want to really think about that. One thing I also forgot to mention that's, that is now at the top of all the lower-level freestyle tests, second level and above, all trot work must be sitting. I know that seems silly, but we have had people come in for second and third-level freestyles and want to post parts of it, and you can't do that. So um, No, no, no. You, no, we're no, no, like, oh, no, we, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've, had, we've had some issues with that, and... Thinking about um, the placement of movements, we're thinking, again, we were discussing fourth level. Where do you want to put your pirouettes to set them up and help your horse? Um, you know, if you watch, I'm sure everyone will be watching the Olympics and watch the Olympics, you will see a very high degree of difficulty. To, and we can emulate that to a degree. We just have to be a little careful if we're trying at third and fourth level to show a Grand Prix angle and a half pass. Chances are, our horse will struggle with the balance. So you want to be inspired, but then you want to be sure you're always working within your horse's limits. And just like you mentioned, have a professional look at what you've done or whether you've purchased it or not, and then videotape it, look at it, see what you think. Look at it from the front, look at it from the side. What does your freestyle look like? Does it look balanced and well thought out, or does it look a little um, disorganized or frantic? And sometimes that happens when the horses get a little nervous. But also, again, it should look well-planned and well-thought-out. And if it is and the music is fun and you enjoy it and expresses your relationship with your horse, you'll have a wonderful time. The, the freestyle classes at our 
um, finals are huge. They're very large. So obviously people are very excited about riding lower level freestyle. So that, that makes me and the freestyle committee very happy. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I just started, uh, last year I had a, a six year old, um, he ended up going to the national finals and uh, it was such a good experience for him. I'm bringing him back. He's doing again at, at fourth level. Uh, it's been very fun for, you know, my, my sponsor and myself. I, you know, it's, it, it's a fun thing and, and it really it adds a little different dimension and you get a little character in it. And, and for the young horses, it, just to learn how to be a big kid and, and go in and do those things. It's been really fun. Right. And so I really, well, I do encourage everybody to try it at least and go and, tr- and go and absolutely. do it. Absolutely. And it also, it really helps the riders to stay in rhythm, Mm -hmm. not run their horses off their feet and maintain some energy and also to make, to adapt. Let's say something happens in your test. There's a a flower pot falls over or something. (laughs) What are you going to do? What are you going to do to get back on track and remember where you are and include your movements and let the judge know, hey, you know, things happen and here we go. I'm still on track here. So uh, for me, it's a, a very important rider skill and especially now that freestyles are required for our our fei and our international competitions if people start young start early i think that when they get to that point if they get to that point uh, they will be much more proficient and polished and if they never get to that point i can't tell you how many people i've had tell me that their goal in life is to ride a first or second level freestyle that's what they want to do that'll make them happy and good for them Yep. You know, absolutely. we, we really encourage that dressage is supposed to be fun. So <laughs> I hope that everybody who's listening goes out and works on a freestyle. Exactly. Well, Dolly, thank you so much for your time. It's been lots of fun. And how can our listeners find you online if they have any questions? They can always contact me through the USDF um, office. My, li- my liaison, Sharon Vanderzeel can get in touch with me. Um, also, uh, email is very easy. My email is dollyhannon at msn.com. I also have a website, dollyhannonversage.com. So thank you very much. This was fun, and I hope everybody really enjoys their freestyles. Well, that was an excellent segment of the Through the Levels. And next week, Phil, we are finishing with the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix special just in time for the Olympics on our Through the Levels. And I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, all of those. And and, and we are true. If you have any more questions for any of the judges uh, that have been on this segment, this has been a, everyone's really enjoyed this segment, including Philip and I. And uh, we'd love to have you, uh, you know, send us an email and we will ask more questions. Uh, I'm sad this segment is sort of coming to an end, but we're running out of levels. Um, but it's been great fun to have Dolly Hannon. So right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with a listener question. Well, it's a hot one out there, and the heat wave has hit much of the United States and the rest of the world. Well, don't let dehydration and electrolyte imbalance sideline your horse. Summer Games electrolytes are formulated to replace both the electrolytes and the trace minerals that are lost when your horse sweats. Its concentrated formula allows you to easily feed the correct amount to meet your horse's changing needs. This uh, electrolyte was developed for the equine athletes at the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta. We all know that it can get hot in Atlanta. For horses on the go, use Summer Games Electrolyte 
plus paste. Each dose contains a serving of Nalox equine antacid for double the protection against stress. And of course, you can find all of that at Kentucky Performance Products. They take out the confusion of choosing the right supplement. And you can find them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, right after this break from Total Saddle Fit, we're going to come back with the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, I think this is for sure my all-time favorite listener question from Abigail Hansen. Abigail, we love, so uh, to our, our listeners that were listening a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Robo Phil, that we wanted to make Phil a robot. Uh, I wanted to make Phil a robot so I could like stay inside and watch TV and Robo Phil could teach my lessons. And Robo, exactly. So um, we <laughs> thankfully got a picture of Robo Phil from Abigail. So Abigail, shout out, because let me tell you, I laughed when I opened this email. I like, I literally laughed out loud and promptly sent it to Glenn to get it up on the Facebook page. But we are going to get RoboPhil on the Facebook page. But well, it looks so, like me, actually. I, it really is good, actually. Abigail, <laughs> great. So anybody else that wants to send us a picture of, of RoboPhil, it will definitely get on the Facebook page. Oh, but, Robo Reese, yeah, Robot Reese. I don't think the world can handle a Robot Reese. Let's just be real. <laughs> just RoboPhil. One robot. Uh, RoboPhil is perfect. But Abby sent us a great, uh, she, she made us laugh uh, and she was so kind and sent us an awesome email question. So shout out to Abby. Thank you. Thank you for your email and the art and a great question. So she is definitely listener of the week. So Phil, why don't you uh, start with Abby's question? for us okay it's kind of a it's kind of a long question so i'm going to try and sum it up as best i can she wants to know when it's time to sell her horse sell her horse but in general you know when is it time to move on to the next um, horse she has an 11 year old tennessee walking horse gelding that's a a little bit gated but mostly does the trot she's had him for three years Um, and she bought him as a project horse when she was doing an internship in college um uh, she obviously loves this horse very much and, you know, has worked with him and, and helped him with his issues, but he tends to be very hot and has issues with ry- rhythm and balance, especially at the canter. Um, and just sort of an anxious horse, I think, in, you know, in general, which, which makes it hard to, to, hard to train. These hot, hot horses that, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's hard to school things and to really, you know, get everything as perfectly right as you want them to be and need them to be. To be in the show ring. Um, she says it kills me that I have more fun riding my friend's horses than actually riding her own. Um, she wants to get back into doing clinics and camps and, and showing and and she doesn't see it happening with her current horse. So, um, you know, you and I, we're trainers. We deal with all kinds of horses and yep. uh, just wondering what's your perspective on this particular situation i think every situation is really unique you know Mm -hmm. so i don't think we can talk in general you know it's time to sell your horse when xyz happens but maybe we can maybe we can help abby through this yeah well i think the first thing when i read this email abby is is seems awesome and lots of fun and 
the thing that really struck me was, and she said, I don't really like riding my horse. She loves her horse. You can, it's very clear in the email. She loves her horse, her horse, but she doesn't like riding her horse. And her horse is actually holding her back in her own personal goals. And I will give a shout out to my mom because my mom really taught me, you know, we, we had a farm growing up, but my mom always said, like, we are not keeping a horse here at the farm that doesn't have a job. And I think that's kind of what I would advise and, and tell Abby, you know, if she's ready to do those things and she's ready to move on um, and her horse isn't capable of what she's looking for, there is nothing wrong with finding him a new home. Because I guarantee if we could really ask her horse, you know, is this something you want to do? Do you want to be a dressage horse? His response would probably also would be no. You know, like I want to do something else. I want to do trail rides or, or whatever. You know, he wants to be a hunter, whatever. And and I am a true firm believer in horses should do also what they're suited for. So uh, it, it's, this is, I have a perfect example. And it's kind of a joke at this point. I own a, a very, very nice six-year-old hunter. Uh, I do not want to own a six-year-old hunter. I want to own a six-year-old dressage horse. But I, I bought this horse as a three-year-old. Anybody who wants a hunter, give me a call. No, I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, but he's a lovely hunter. And that's what he wants to do in life. And I bought him as a three-year-old. And it became very clear to us that this particular horse didn't want to do dressage. And, you know, it was a little annoying because that's what I bought him to do. But he wants to be a jumping horse and he loves it. And he goes out every day and he sees the jumps and he perks his ears and that's what he wants to do. And so I think it does take a little bit, you know, that's not what I want my horse to do. That's not what Abby's horse, you know, she wants her horse to do clinics and enjoy. But he doesn't want to do that. And my horse wants to be a hunter. So you know, I'm a firm believer in, in horses should do what they want and do what they love as well. And so that everybody has a great experience with what they're doing. So what I would tell you, Abby, is my advice is, um, you know, go ahead and find him. I know you love him and, and, and you may be in a position that he can hang out at your farm and, and do whatever, but you know, I'm a farm owner, but everybody here has to kind of have a job. So, there's nothing wrong with finding him the right person and it may take six months. It may take a year. It may happen tomorrow. Um, find him the right home so you can move on in what you want to do in your career. Um, because it's expensive to have a horse and everybody needs to have a job that sort of fulfills the job that you want them to do. So that would be my advice. Phil, how about you? Any? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could say it much better. I think, you know, the point about the horse you know, liking to do certain things, maybe it's hacking, maybe, you know, then that's what he wants to do too. So yeah, it's not, it's not worth trying to fit a square peg in a round hole or, you know, that's just a frustration on both ends. It doesn't, you know, and I think, um, a lot of us, a lot of us have a hard time believing that someone else could love the horse as much as you could, or to give it as good a home as you do. Mm -hmm. But I think in a lot of situations that can be exactly the the prescription, exactly what the horse needs, and and uh, you know if somebody's doing the job that the horse enjoys to do and they're both getting along really well, maybe that might even be a little bit of a better home, and yeah. that's hard to hear, um, yeah. you know, as a horse owner, and that might be hard to um, sort of mentally deal with a little bit. But uh, I think that's where you're at at this in this situation, yeah. Abby. Um, and 
Phil, I don't know about you, but I've sold horses and actually stayed really good friends with the people I've sold horses to. Yeah, I, I've sold horses you know? to clients. I've sold horses, you know, where I'm still sort of involved in their lives. Yeah. And, and uh, it, you know, almost uh, I, I've I, what I have tried to do is really take my time to find the situation that mm-hmm. works best. And, you know, sometimes you get somebody to come along and says, oh, yeah, I really want that horse because I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you have to sort of really feel out the person and feel out yeah. whether they're going to be doing the best by the horse. But, uh, you know, sooner or later, the right person comes along. You can make a perfect match and yeah. you're going to feel really much better about the situation. And, you know, I, uh, a horse that I had that I decided that, um, that I was going to retire until, instead of selling him on. Um, I think that really worked out as the best situation for that horse. Even initially, I didn't really think so, but um, things work out. I think things work yeah. out for horses and for people, and they just have a way of, um, you know, getting to the right situation. So, I I agree, and I think that's that's the big thing. And and you know, it, it looks like you want to move on, and there's nothing wrong with giving that you know finding that horse the perfect home and then being able to move on to the next horse and it doesn't mean you failed it doesn't mean it wasn't the right thing it just means it wasn't the right situation for that horse and and that's okay so and and I've had that too honestly I I don't know about you Phil but I've had horses in training here that have gone have left here it's worked both ways they've either come here and been super successful or I had one horse in particular it was a mare it was, it really, I, I, nobody liked it here. I mean, it was just, it was a chestnut mare and it, but she went to, she went back home to the owner's facility and became sort of queen bee. And let me tell you what, that horse completely changed and completely was a happy camper. And so I'm also a firm believer in that too. You know, maybe it's just not the right place or the right match or the right whatever. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older in my career, I've learned, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Let th- let that horse go or let that situation go. And, and, and it's worked out and, and I still see that horse and I still teach her lessons sometimes and it's great. And so, you know, oh, I think it's there okay. You go. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. There you go. This tip brought to you by total saddle fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. So, uh, Phil, next week we have an awesome show. Looking forward to it. We're going to recap the Olympics, and we're going to go through the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix special. Uh, So it's going to be great. So I hope everybody enjoys watching and everybody's coverage works 
well. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, the internet works well for everyone while we're all trying we'll to say, stream the, the Olympics yeah, from our exactly. living rooms or offices or work or <laughs> wherever we are. And everybody gets some sleep because I don't know about you, Phil. I think I'm a little cranky because I've been watching the Olympics way too late and way too early. <laughs> So it's been happening for sure. So I hope everyone's enjoying and uh, we'll have lots to talk about next week and keep those emails and Facebook shout outs coming. Take a look at the Facebook, the Dressage Radio Show, show Facebook, like it, and you'll get to see uh, a, a look-see of, at Abigail's uh, painting of Phil. It's pretty awesome. So we also will take more if you want to send some more. So you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me online is through Facebook. Just search Philip Parks or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I want to thank our sponsor this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>